Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's Jeremy White with Sneaky Joe DiBiase. Does anybody else out there want to want to do something like that? What, what do we need to settle? Jeremy White. When you were a kid and you were going to get sick, like you might throw up, did your family use the same bowl... You go to bed, you bring the bowl there in case you're going to throw up. Was that the same bowl as the family movie popcorn bowl? With sneaky Joe DiBiase. The same I bowl thought... that you are eating popcorn out of yeah. has been the thrown sick, up into. The sick bowl. But it's just a bowl. You just wash it. It's just a bowl. The mental damage alone should be there that, hey, eh. some, you know, little, whatever, your little brother or sister... I just threw up in this last week. Now I'm eating popcorn. Why do we have a dishwasher? So on Monday, popcorn. On Tuesday, throw up. And on Wednesday, dog food. No, I see no issue with it. On WGR Sports Radio 550. Got the initial weather report for Sunday against Cincinnati. Did I see that that has changed in the last 24 hours? What did you think it was? Clear. Not clear. Overcast. Overcast and cold. No precipitation. Maybe changing a little bit. Patrick Hammer tweeting, one minute ago, uh, snow developing during the game. Mm. Should be light, also not too cold, so initially not sticking. So that's the kind of snow that might look really good on TV. Snow globe snow. Yes. Not really, you know, affect the game snow. Yeah. It's just more for the aesthetic. Yeah. More than anything. Like the Miami game was a little heavier than that. Minnesota. There had, was snowball ammunition for the Miami yeah, game. We're yeah. not talking snowball ammunition. Probably not. We're talking Minnesota, which had snow globe in parts of that game. It was a beautiful day against Minnesota that mm-hmm. they lost. Good morning. It's Jeremy and Joe here on WGR. Big day for you today. We've got lots of um, potential breakdowns of the Bills Bengals game, of course, which is a monster matchup. It's, I don't know, Joe, it's not quite Bills Chiefs of last year, but it's not that far off. Is right? it Bills Chiefs of two years ago? Like AFC Championship game going into it? Like kind of before they had built up a history. Right. These two, ha- the- Allen and Burrow, have never squared off. No. It just hasn't happened yet. And it was supposed to happen, of course, on the Monday Nighter. So their first meeting is going to be in the playoffs. Yeah, that first AFC Championship game against the Chiefs, the Bills would have played them earlier that year. And right. lost here right. in a COVID game. And then last year... They play the Chiefs in the playoffs. They had beaten them in the regular season. We've mm-hmm. seen these those two teams play a bunch. And, you know, it's a game of the year status where when 13 seconds ends, we look for Bills Chiefs immediately on the schedule. Where is it? It's got to be the game of the year. Yep. Well, now the Bengals are right there in this conversation with these two teams. And that, and that took a bit, right? Like midway through the year before we were thinking of them that way? I think that combined with the Super Bowl appearance last year. Right. Because the Super Bowl last year gave them a lot of credibility. They started off this year not so great, and they've won however many in a row. Like, what, nine in a row? The Bills, Bengals, and Niners have not lost in forever. (laughs) Is it eight, nine, and 11? Their win streaks? I think so, yeah. So it's pretty big. It's it's right there with Bills Chiefs, even though it's not Bills Chiefs. 
So lots to uh, to break down on that. Sal joins us at 7 for the latest from One Bills Drive. And Joe Marino of the Draft Network and the Lockdown Bills podcast, he's up at 8. And at 9 o'clock is Odyssey insider Brian Baldinger, who I always tell people is a great follow on Twitter. Yep. Baldy's Breakdowns. He does a lot of film stuff where it's not just, you know, looking at 10 plays and not telling you anything. It's just look at how Tremaine Edmonds affects this throw, even mm-hmm. though if he doesn't have anything to do with it. So... Love Brian Baldinger. I think he does a great job. He's on at 9 o'clock. So top of each hour, we're going to get plenty of uh, you know insight into this matchup between the Bills and the Bengals, which is obviously, uh, well, the season rides on it. Does the line moving interest you at all, the fact that it's now at 5 in a lot of places? It's definitely interesting, right? Like the fact they are favored by that much is kind of incredible. Well, if, if Don't we kind of all view the Bengals as equals right now? Close to equals. I don't think that five is crazy. When we talked about it on pregame on Sunday, I mentioned to Nate, what, and just in passing, and I, you know, not to say I'm good at setting odds, but I said, yeah, Cincinnati comes here, what's that, four and a half? And he thought, okay. no, he thought no way, two and a half seems more like it, especially because home field is not three points anymore. It's, it's, one, it's one and a half. Yeah. Yeah. And... But right, then, even, that, even that is, okay, you're still, bills are above them, but only by a point. Yeah. Like, you're still giving them they're the better team, but it's close. Five is three and a half. Like, that's not, well, that's not crazy. We see a lot of big spreads, but that's, that's, that's a nice chunk. It is a big number, and the thing that makes me, I guess, settle in on it is the Bills were favored in Cincinnati. Right. Was it by two and a half? And if home field advantage is a point and a half, then yeah. that's four points of difference right there. It's consistent with what it was four weeks ago a little yeah. bit a little bit so I'm not too blown away by it I don't know that I <laughs> that I love the bills in the cover but they're getting a lot of the money that's actually I think pushed it up because it opened okay. to three and a half and you your latest strategy is that that's bad I right this <laughs> is I like I've been fading the public lately and it's been working I did not I've been doing that almost with every game didn't do it with Bill's Dolphins despite the fact more money was on the bills than any any other game and the Dolphins covered. Mm-hmm. And can I say they covered easily? Yes. And they, they, were, they were down 17 nothing. They were. They there were. was a point where the graphic said 21 to nothing before the Knox touchdown got reversed. There was a point where the Bills were live 25-point favorites. Yeah, you took it, didn't you? No, I did not. I simply okay. tweeted it. I did not take oh, the Bills okay, that's right. minus 25, although <laughs> I should have taken the Dolphins plus 25. Anyway, yeah, yeah. so this matchup, this Bills-Bengals matchup, that we find out today also, by the way, that if the Bills win, the AFC Championship game tickets go on sale in, for the game in Atlanta at 10 o'clock this morning. And if you registered in, you have windows, whether it's 10 a.m., 12 p.m. Mm-hmm. Different Bills fans get windows to buy tickets. My hope is that everybody that wants a ticket buys one. I am optimistic about that just because unless a lot of the tickets are being held for brokers or unless they can get through, I just don't know how many of the Bills season ticket holders are going to buy a ticket. I'll speak for myself. I am a Bill season ticket holder. I am not going to buy a ticket to that game. Mm. I thought about it, but I, but I'm not going to do it. So okay, we're down to uh, what fifty nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine, or how, <laughs> whatever the uh-huh. number is. Subtract one. Yeah, I'm really interested to see about that that neutral site game. What the ticket costs? Doesn't it have to be reasonable? Doesn't it have to be <clears throat> where we might even be surprised? Like wow. That's a pretty good price for a. I mean, you're you're wanting to get your season ticket holders, who when they're at home, they get a discounted price. Mm-hmm. It's not the sticker price, a window price, and two, 
You know anybody going to this game is probably going to spend, unless you live in the Atlanta area, hundreds of dollars on travel. Yeah. So it's a trip. It's it's road it's it's a road game trip. It's a, it, it's a road trip. Yeah. So, I I mean I would think reasonable is the right thing to do. How confident are you they're actually going to do that though? Aren't they going to see this as a money making opportunity? I mean, it's not quite the Super Bowl, but I'm thinking about like how outrageously priced Super Bowl tickets are. And if you want to go to that game as a fan, you know I mean maybe this is a little different because it's being open to season ticket holders. Um, but I, at the same time, you do want to fill the stadium, right? You don't want to play that's, around with that. That's the number one thing you want to do. You can't have that game be 12, empty uh, at all. 14,000 people, and it's an embarrassment to the league. Oh, it's oh my god! A total just, embarrassment. Yeah. Even forty thousand people in a seventy thousand seat stadium. I was gonna say if there's ten, I was just gonna say if there's ten thousand seats empty. That's an embarrassment for the league. Yes, I think so. It may, or the, that means the wrong site, or they shouldn't have done it. I, I want to believe that the tickets will be reasonable. And one of the ways I wanted to ask this was, for those of you that live in Atlanta, if you're listening right now, or you're a fan of college football, whether it's Columbus, if it's Ohio State, Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're in Atlanta, you follow Georgia, Florida State. If you've been to a big bowl game, I have no idea how those tickets are priced. None. <laughs> For a big bowl game. For a, like, you're a Penn State fan, yeah. and you went to the Rose Bowl. Yeah, not the not the, the Meineke Car Care Bowl. No. The Rose Bowl. But a big one. Yeah. How much are those tickets running usually? 200 bucks. How, how much is a 300-level ticket? Not on the secondary market, but as it's priced to a fan of that team. If you have the answer to this, please call, by the way, 803-0550. I, I have the answer from just like a, a website that I just quickly Googled. Okay. You, want, you want to guess the, the cheapest tickets, corner of the, the top the top deck. And is this, what, SoFi Stadium, or where are we? This from? is the Rose Bowl. Rose Bowl. This is the Rose Bowl. This year between who? Between, hold on, who played in the Rose Bowl? It used to be easy to remember this. You just, you know, Penn State, Utah? You're talking about That's this? That's correct. Okay. Yes. So, Thank you. So upper corner, Penn State, Utah, yep. face value. All right. What I want to believe in my heart mm-hmm. is that the most expensive ticket, the cheapest ticket, is $85. $245. What a, what a, what a crime. $245 to watch Utah and Penn State. That's face value. That's, that's, face not, value. that's not secondary market. No, that is, that is face value. Face value. Now, the difference is... Between that game and this potential neutral site game. By the way, two weeks in a row now we're talking about the game after the game. Sorry, but you were right. I should have double checked. Face value was one sixty five. Okay. For the the secondary market was the two forty five number. So okay. one one sixty five. Still still double. It is the AFC championship game. And I think the ticket price, the, the like the window price for non season ticket holders to the Bills potential home AFC championship game was more than one sixty five. But I don't exactly know that because mm. You know, I'm, as a season ticket holder, I didn't see the non-season ticket price. There was an email that came out that looked like it had a pretty big number, but I didn't, you know, I didn't follow up on it too much just because I thought, well, whatever, I don't care. They're going to auto charge me. These games get expensive. I think back to when the Sabers made the conference finals. Your ticket was twice as much, and then the Stanley Cup final ticket, if they went there, my ticket was three times as much. Mm. Like a forty-seven dollar ticket at the Stanley Cup final was a hundred fifty dollars. Mm. And for Bills, let's say the Bills and Jaguars play, and the game is here. I don't know what I'm going to pay for that seat, right? Yeah. I feel like I should know that. Maybe it's even in my invoice, and I haven't looked at it yet. Uh-huh. I don't know what that'll be. 
I, you don't you don't know like what like it'll actually be priced, or you don't know mentally like what you'd be willing to pay. No, I don't know what it'll actually be priced. Okay, okay. I could probably log into my account manager because if you do the pay as we play plan, like there's there's a lot of ways to do it. You know, part of the reason I don't look at it is because it goes on the credit card, and if they're hosting the AFC Championship game, I'm going to that. Like I'm just. I'll worry about it after, yeah, after the fact. Those are being sold. Like I saw the Bengals were sending out ticket information in case they play the Jaguars in the right. AFC Championship. Because they could host too. Right. Okay. Well, I, I just think this this game in Atlanta, they're going to want to make sure they get everybody in. And the reality is, if you if you charge 80 bucks for the cheapest ticket and then it goes for 240 on the secondary market, well, fine. You as the NFL got all your money. And I, I haven't looked into how... This money is being split. I would imagine it's being split if it goes to Atlanta, if, 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 that the Chiefs and Bills will split it the same way that it, they would have if it were in Kansas City. Like, it's not a total revenue share of these games. Home games, the, the team that's hosting gets most of the money. So, hopefully the game is here and the Jaguars win and the Bills win and yeah. we don't have to worry about this Atlanta scenario, but... We could even know that before the Bills even play on that's Sunday. That's right, that's right. But it, it it's kind of... I haven't seen anything anywhere... And I'm kind of surprised that we don't find out how much those tickets are until 10 o'clock today. Yeah. It's not in the press release. I've not seen a seating map. Maybe the NFL comes out with that today. Maybe people in Atlanta have a copy of that on a, on a piece of paper. I don't know. Yeah. But today at 10 a.m., Bills fans, you if you're a season ticket holder, you can buy tickets to the AFC Championship game in Atlanta. And the price on that, maybe you get sticker shop. Maybe, maybe you get, you know encouraged by like oh thanks only 88 bucks or whatever it is you're right it really should be something reasonable though just to ensure that they're not gonna have any empty seats in that building well you just wouldn't have the demand you won't have if the game is here everybody will want to go the yeah. game is in kansas city everybody will everybody go. wants to go it's in atlanta you know how many people want to travel some you need sure. you need you need buffalo and kansas city to travel yeah we'll get some phone calls in chad in buffalo chad good morning you're on wgr Hey, guys, I was listening in, and I lived in Charlotte for the last 10 years, and a big Georgia fan living in the South. Thought about going to the SEC championship game last year to go get ticket prices. The cheapest seat was 350 bucks, and quickly decided I'd watch <laughs> it on TV. That's in, that's in Atlanta, correct? In Atlanta, yeah. correct. 350 bucks for the S- and that's the SEC championship game, which is yeah. not, like, along the way... Boy, the meaningfulness of that isn't that a game that if you're Georgia and you're unbeaten, you can lose and still make the the national like the final. Yeah, I think Alabama's done it once. Yeah, I think they've yeah. lost. Well, Georgia, Georgia was in that game, correct? Yes. Doesn't that play into it, right? Like people that they don't have to factor in the idea that people have to travel plane ride to get to the game. Yeah, it'd be like the Bills playing at UB. Yeah, <laughs> or the maybe Bill, or maybe, maybe Syracuse. Right, right. Yeah. Thanks, Chad. Yeah, I mean. We don't talk too much about ticket prices anymore. I mean, we we yeah. we've seen it slowly. You know, things have gone up and up and up and up. And the new Bill Stadium, by the way, at some point, we're gonna get PSLs on that. Still waiting on we're that. We're gonna right? get ticket yeah. prices on that. In 2026, they start in a new building, and it's a little bit like this Atlanta game, where okay, it's happening. I want to go. What's it cost? I don't know yet. Todd in Rochester says he's seen a little bit about what the game could cost. Todd, go ahead. Hey, guys. So yesterday I emailed my – I'm a season ticket holder as well. As soon as they sent us that email, I emailed my ticket rep. I said, curious if you know the price range of season ticket holders for the potential game in Atlanta. She replied, hi, Todd. Prices will range from 120 to 750 
depending on location of seat. Okay. I feel like I feel like 120 in the upper deck is not that bad. We just had it, someone no, else tweet the exact same thing. Okay. Yeah. When I have I have season tickets in 338 and what they were going to charge me if the game was in Buffalo was $318 for both seats. Yeah. Pretty cheap if you you know when you look compared to the secondary markets. Mm-hmm. So I'm willing to pay up to $300 a seat because I'm only going I'm going alone and I was going to spend 300 right. anyway. You right. know what I mean? Yep. So all right, Todd. Well, you guys know. Thanks, man. Hopefully, uh, hopefully you get there. Hopefully, the bills the bills get there. Um, yeah. In terms right, should, of, we, should we make sure we're couching everything with if they get there? We were doing that last week with the Dolphins, weren't we? Like if they win. So maybe we just want to make sure if they be, if they beat the Bengals with everything here. Um, yeah. So George texted and did he's heard what reps were telling him one fifty to seven fifty. Okay. So one twenty to one fifty is like the cheapest ticket. That I wouldn't. Th- I don't know what you were thinking of as reasonable. I think that to me is within that that range of reasonable. I do too. Yeah. To be told, I get in that, the door for like one twenty, one fifty with fees or whatever. Seven fifty is another world. I don't live in that world. Seven fifty. <laughs> I don't live. Seven fifty is like behind the bench, right? Seven fifty. I better be playing quarterback. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's 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 just not my speed. Uh eight oh three oh five fifty. Thanks for that. Yeah. I'd imagine, and that's the other thing about this, when it comes to season ticket holder price versus non-season ticket holder price, he just mentioned what you know his would have been for the AFC Championship game, and I'm logging into my account manager to find out. Because I, I thought I had an email that said that the non-season ticket holder price for the AFC Championship game was $600 for like my seat. Wow. But the reality is, they might have that price and never actually get to charge it because season ticket holders will buy every seat. Right. You know? Right, so it never even comes into play. I don't. Yeah, that's and, why I was I was like hesitant to mention that number I saw in one email because I I didn't think it was actually for me. I thought it was like one of those times you see some sticker shock and that's not actually what you're paying for. And that might happen in this Atlanta game. They in the press release they said that you won't be able be able to buy more than six tickets. So I don't know. Are people tri- like group trips? Like, hey, I got a season ticket holder friend and he's gonna buy he's gonna buy six tickets. So let's go. Like to me, that probably is happening a lot. If I don't have season tickets, if I wanted to go to this game as a fan and I don't have season tickets, I'm calling up a friend that's got season tickets and saying, "Hey, you wanna you wanna grab a couple extra tickets?" That at the season ticket price, yeah. So that I don't have to whatever. So I yeah, I wonder if it even ever gets to that point. Luke in Atlanta. Luke, good morning. Are you going to this game if it happens, Luke? Yeah, oh, for certain I'm going to be going, absolutely. This is like uh, it's if, great news. You just get an announcement that's coming to your house. This is awesome for you. I know. I'm just going to hop on the, the tram or the MARTA and uh, just drive right or get right on the subway or whatever. Get right down to Mercedes-Benz and hop right on back. It's going to be so easy. <laughs> yeah. Very nice. Um, anyways, UGA, guys, is like the hottest ticket, like – I've ever seen in my life. Like I don't live in New York or anything like that, but all the UGA alums, they all moved to here for, you know, work. And man, it is that, that stadium is sold out and the tickets are, I mean, I'm completely backing up with the first caller, like 300, $400, no issue whatsoever. It's a hot ticket. UGA. Yeah. When they sell these bowl games and conference games. How's that stadium? Is it as everything it's cracked up to be? Uh, yeah, it's just missing that Lombardi trophy from 2016. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. Thanks, Luke. All right. A couple calls from Atlanta and down SEC country. Very nice. Another, yeah. Ticket reps have told play, people that have called 
120 to 750 for this game in Atlanta. Okay. Not bad. And hand up. I'm going to go ahead and admit this. I don't know what tickets range for range from for this Bengals game. I know what mm-hmm. I'm looking at my invoice. I know what I paid. I don't know what the most expensive seat is for this Bills Bengals game. My guess is is it above 750? I don't get everybody's invoices, of course, and I don't get a full seating chart, so I don't see all of the zones. Yeah. I would think so, right? I mean, if the if if we're saying that the upper deck for this game is more expensive than the Atlanta game, then wouldn't it only come to reason that the that the most expensive seats are also more expensive? Yeah, like a club seat? Yeah. I and, mean, I mean there are more, I mean that stadium, part of the reason why it gets a lot of hype is the amenities and you know different luxury boxes and different areas and whatnot to to to, to go to, just if you're in the stadium, there's more luxury to that stadium. Yeah. So is the it could be I guess that the more expensive seat is is in the the in, in Atlanta just because that's a seat that might not exist here, if you know what I mean. Yeah. No, that's right. You don't have to bring a jacket either. And, you, 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 right. don't, you don't have to yes. dress like you're going on the deadliest catch. Uh huh. I would like to get to that stadium sometime. At one point, the Mercedes-Benz Dome in Atlanta had not the reputation, but the, the, what they did was they made all the concessions very reasonably priced. I don't know if that's still the case. It was, though, yeah. It, it was, was like two bucks for a hot dog. Yep, like, yep, which is a far cry from where you live in most other yeah, stadiums. A dollar for a soda. Yeah, the... the Oh man, it, that always comes up whenever you see anybody complaining about concession prices. Hey, the Falcons do this. Or that stadium does this in terms of concession prices. 8030550 So 120 to 750 for that game. Jason writes in, shouldn't you be talking about this on Monday? It's wasted breath at the moment because the Bills aren't there yet. Good point. The tickets do go on sale today. Right. My man. So yeah, like it, that's the thing. People have to make this decision today. So it is, in fact, newsworthy today. And if it doesn't go without being said, it, full refund. They, they, this is in the press release. It's a full refund if they don't play in the game. If the game doesn't happen, either the Jaguars win or the Bengals win, then everything's, it's re, everything is refunded. Yeah, I'm looking at the fan-first menu pricing at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Coca-Cola refillable cup, 2 bucks. Pretzel, 2 bucks. Nachos with cheese, three bucks. The souvenir ref- refillable cup, four bucks. Love it. Pizza, three. Popcorn, two. Three dollars for pizza. What are we paying for pizza? Eight dollars. Eight. Eight dollars. Yeah. yeah. Waffle fries, two bucks. Ah. Eight oh three oh five fifty and one eight 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 five fifty two five fifty. Good luck if you want to buy tickets today. Of course, good luck to the Bills. They've got to beat the Bengals, and uh, that is no small feat. Long win streaks for both these teams, and the winner. Well, moves on for the right to either host or, well, for Cincinnati, they go on the road. They go, right. to, they go, to, they go to Kansas City. Unless they would play Jacksonville. Right. And then Which they get, they get the host. Seems very unlikely. And yeah. it would be very weird. It would be very weird. It would be the weirdest thing. Cincinnati hosting Jacksonville in the AFC it, Championship game would be very weird. The, weir- well, the weirdest combination possible is what? Cincinnati versus Jacksonville and the Giants and the Cowboys? <laughs> Just all the underdogs win this weekend. Even the Cowboys would be the least weird of that. Right. Yeah, I mean, Cincinnati might be the least weird, I guess. Yeah, the Giants and the Jaguars getting to the next round would be a big-time shock. It'd be stunning. Mm, are, huge... they, are they the same for that, for you? Yes, they're the same. Okay. I guess, maybe they, I guess they should be. The way I, Jones played last week, I th- yeah, okay, they should be. I want to give the Jags a better chance at it. 
Yeah, because that, that's that's what I'm thinking. Although the press conference from Nick Sirianni yesterday, when asked about Jalen Hurts, he just said he's better than he was two weeks ago. That's not the best endorsement you might want. Yeah, yeah. It, I'm it, wondering it, how healthy if he he's is. not 100. percent That is that's a big time factor, of course. Yeah. Eight oh three oh five fifty. We'll get a quick thought on the Sabers as well. They lost to the lowly Chicago Blackhawks. And the uh, standings don't look nearly as pretty as they might have uh, just about a week ago. Eight hundred three hundred five fifty. Already mentioned that. That's our phone number. If you want to get in on uh, Bills Bengals, your your confidence level, your nerves. Of course, we got to talk about Josh Allen and this Bills offense. Seems to be a big topic, not just here but around the league. Is there some sort of controversy about how Allen plays? Saw Lashawn McCoy defending him, and all this good stuff. It's going around about Allen and how often he should be hucking it deep, and you know. Playing backyard, sandlot, whatever. It's Jeremy White, Jody Biasi here on WGR. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Skinner off the wall. Sends it across. Thompson scores! That's what he's been waiting for. Tage Thompson gets back on the score sheet with a goal here to give Buffalo the 2-1 lead. Dan Dunleavy on the call. The Firth moments of the game. Brought to you by Firth for the moments in life. Go forth to Firth. Boy, those standings look a lot different. Tage scored again. That's good news. Like, man. Yeah, finally I, on that. I thought they were so made. 3-1 to one going to the third. Thompson scores. They were out shooting them like 25 to 10. Yeah, they were just, they looked like themselves. They were back. Yeah. And I don't know, something about getting that Thompson goal for me made it feel, okay, it's a regular Sabres game where he scores, they win, and they play well on the road. And instead they fall in overtime, so they get a point. The standings in the last week or so have, uh, well, drifted quite a bit. In the, in the playoff race, they're now five points behind Pittsburgh, and they don't have any games in hand. Right. They have two on the Islanders. They play the Islanders tomorrow night. They're five back of the Islanders. But to make the playoffs, they will have to, if they're going to make it, jump three teams. And that's not that big a number. Yeah. But a week ago, Joe, they had games in hand, and they've made up very little ground. And with losses to Philadelphia and Chicago, that's the really rough part of it. Yeah. The team, right, it's the losses, Philly and Chicago. You can't one of a possible four against Philly and Chicago. It's really bad. That is horrible. I mean, it's embarrassing. Like to get one of if if you're going to be in a playoff race, you got to get more points than that. And now it's getting to a point where they're five back, and you could even look at Washington for this. Washington, they do have four games in hand. That's nine points. So you got to again play the game of if I win all four, then I'm one point back. But Washington by points percentage is actually an eighth. Now we're getting to a point where the season's getting frustrating because you look back, eight-game losing streak, O of a possible 16, five losses in the last six, and three of a possible 12, and you're five points out. They could so easily be in a spot right now. Yeah. They could so easily be in a spot. And 
That's good, though, right? Isn't it good to finally be, okay, now we're not just happy that Thompson is scoring and happy that some of the rookies look good and, okay, that they're even hanging around in the standings. I'm now getting to a point where it's getting annoying and frustrating when they're not winning these games that they should. It's Well, it's the thing about games in hand and thinking they can make up the ground is if you're not playing well, you don't think you can make up the ground anymore. Right. It's not even just about losing the games in hand. It's... It's a little bit like I got a tweet about this from the Bills. You know, I don't think the Bills are going to win if they play they did it the way they did against the Bengals. Was the tweet I got? And when you start Dolphins, to, see, yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah, they won't beat the the Bengals if they play like they did against the Dolphins. That came in from, I'll give credit words to, um, from Darth Malstrom. There you go, from Ricky, Twitter. What, what are we supposed to read? Darth Malstrom? Are we supposed to? Are we supposed <laughs> to read your handle? Are we supposed to read your name? No, I, which, go, which, I go with Darth Malstrom. Darth Malstrom. Darth okay. Malstrom. Well, Darth says, Darth. more people named Darth. We need a little bit of that. <laughs> um, they need to be at their best and not play down to them about the Bengals. Hmm. We'll get to that in a minute. But anyway, to the Sabres, real quickly. It's It feels like the moment we were ready to say, hand down, playoff race. You fell. said it. I did. I think they, and they've then lost they, five of six since y- you said it. I think so. That was right before the Philly game, wasn't yes, it? Yes, yes. I was expecting them to beat the Flyers, who wow. are ba- who are bad, and instead they got run over by the Flyers and have been struggling since. Does that qualify as a jinx? I mean, I don't know if you know this. They're, they are in a race, so right? We're They're in still the, in the race. We're in the bit of a, a midst of a ten-year jinx. If it's a jinx, <laughs> and it's been a long time. Yeah, I, they are. I would still consider them to be in the race. They're five back of Pittsburgh. They're nine back of a team that they have four games in hand. So don't throw that out yet. And the teams above them, I mean, I don't think the Islanders are all that good. Pittsburgh, has, their goalie, Tristan Jari, is maybe going to be out for a while. So they're on fumes. They've won three of ten. So they could fall out. The, the team, honestly, that I look at ahead of them and think they're just not better than that team is Florida. But Florida, the math is a little bit better. So I think they'll be in the race. It's just, I mean, 9%. Money puck has the, the site that once had them at fifty two percent to make the playoffs. It's down, down. it's down to nine percent. Not great. No. Eight oh three oh five fifty. Okay, to the Bills and Bengals. I have a Twitter poll up about this. Do you think the Bills will beat the Bengals on Sunday? And I put up three options. And option three I put for a very important reason because that's what I'm going to vote for. Mm-hmm. You can vote for yes, no, or I have absolutely no clue. And I voted for absolutely no clue. Do you think they'll win? I can't even get myself to yes. And I don't want to get myself to no. Mm-hmm. So I'm very much at, I have no idea. It's this thing where we wonder which version of the Bills is going to show up. We haven't seen the really dominant Bills mm-hmm. all the time. But we're always watching the pretty good Bills. The Bengals are similar, aren't they? Don't the Bengals have a bunch of unimpressive wins where we'd say, man, you can't play like that. Since their last game against yeah. Baltimore. They should have same thing. They should have lost. They should have lost they prob- that game. You could say they should have lost more with the Bengals on Wild Card Weekend than you can with the Bills. I saw, can you? I saw Jeff Schwartz point that out that the Bills, all the things that went against them—a defensive touchdown, losing the turnover battle, and still winning—while Cincinnati had all those things right. go for them. Yeah, they got those breaks and still played a close game. Yeah, I have no idea what's going to happen in this game. I want to believe that this pass defense like if, if I lean back on a couple things that I believe about this Bills team very firmly it's one their pass defense is better than most now without Von Miller that's a different story 
You may have seen yesterday some stats going around online of mm-hmm. the Bills' pass rush since Von Miller has left, and it is a significant drop-off. Andrew Russell pointing out when Von was out there, the Bills were fourth in the NFL in pressure rate when rushing four. Yeah. Fourth. Since his injury, they are 27th. Yeah. That is significant. And I'll point out, like, I've been talking I've been talking myself a little bit into they will win this game on Sunday. Part of that for me was Bengals are right back to where they were last year with their offensive line, where they cannot protect Burrow. And they've got backups in there. They they might even be in a lesser position right now than they are last year just because they're rotating guys in and out. At least the guys last year had played together the whole year. The Bengals are playing backup linemen, and you might think, oh, great, pressure on Burrow, Rousseau's going to get after it, but they just kind of had that, didn't they? Like mm-hmm. Miami was starting a practice squatter at right tackle. Taron Armstead is being held together with chicken wire at left tackle, and did they get any pressure with four? It felt like a lot of times Skylar Thompson was standing back there, and I'm yelling, where is the pass rush? Yeah. I mean, they got to him, but it was Milano. Like, it's Milano on a blitz. He had two sacks in that game. It's Edmonds on a blitz forcing him out. So if you didn't do that last week against a banged-up Miami offensive line, can I trust that even against a very depleted Bengals offensive line that they're going to be able to get home? I'm starting to want I'm starting to get to a point where my number one worry for this team all year has been receiver. All year. Receiver behind Stephon Diggs. I at least know Gabe Davis could give me a game. Mm-hmm. He's done it several times. Colts, Chiefs, of course. He did it on Sunday. He gave you a game. Do we know anyone in that pass rush can give them a game? Like can Rousseau just have a yeah. ha- have a night? Yeah, can he be the star of a game? Can Epinesa be that? Can, can Basham be that? Can Ed Oliver do that from the middle? I don't think I've seen that from any one of them once, where that's just beginning to end, they're a hellraiser for the entire game. And different position, but Gabe Davis has done that several times. Mm-hmm. I nope. think pass rush might be my biggest worry with them right now. One thing I wonder about this matchup with Cincinnati is, in years past, you know, I don't want to have too much of a conversation of what will the offseason look like if they don't win, but I wonder how much they would react to it. Of course, how the game happens might factor in. But two years in a row losing to Kansas City, mm-hmm. they have decided two years in a row, got to get better at pass rush. They draft Rousseau and Basham, right? And Epinesa And Epinesa, that. yeah, before yeah. that. And then they sign Vaughn. And the idea is they're going to beat Kansas City by being better rushing the passer. And they got a lot better at it, and they beat Kansas City. Yep. And Vaughn, you know, you use the phrase Hellraiser. He's He's been one of those every time he's on the field. Yep. If they lose to Cincinnati against a banged up offensive line or what do you think the takeaway will be we have to rush the passer more because right that's what I, w- I wondered yesterday right. on Twitter when I saw that stat of my my god they're going to draft another first round pass rusher and they might have other holes <laughs> like the, the reason they didn't go defensive end or pass rusher in the draft this year is because they have a hole at secondary and they take Kyer Elam yeah one of the things i wonder about with this this matchup against the Bengals Cincinnati just has so many weapons that are of such high caliber that I wonder if they get beat, and if it's because T. Higgins goes for 130 and two touchdowns. Like you said, Gabe Davis has had those games. Yeah. But I wonder if they don't look at why they lost to Cincinnati and think it's because, not because we can't match up, but because we can't keep up with a team like that. that they've not really they've, reacted that they, way, though. That's right. They've yeah. never reacted like they can't keep up with the Chiefs. They've just decided to 
add, we more, need, add more pass rush, add right. more speed. We need to find a way to stop it yes. rather than keep up with it. Well, like, because there's the, no fight fire with fire you know, in terms of investments in their offseason. Right, and that's probably a little bit because they've already been pretty close to that in terms of their offense keeping sure. up. Sure, For the most part, they've been pretty close to keeping up, if not driving, when it comes to offensive success. This team, for three years in a row, has been very, very good offensively. It's defensible, right? Like, they could, they could keep up with Cincinnati on Sunday very easily. And Cincinnati has way better wide receivers. Mm-hmm. But do we know the Bengals are going to, be better offensively on Sunday than the Bills? Not necessarily. Like, on the season, a lot of their numbers are actually very much the same. So, there, it is defensible that they could think, we can fight fire with fire without having to, you know, go go crazy at the receiver position. But, I don't know. Like if I, I think how they lose, if they do, it will shape the offseason. And if it's a day where you just can't stop Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, uh, my takeaway is going to be it's because I need receivers like that. They've got receivers like that, and I don't. And the, the the flip end of that argument will be the same thing that's happened the last two years, which is, well, i got to stop those three guys rather than get three guys like that of my own. Chance in a car. What's up, Chance? Good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. Calling from Alabama. Uh, glad to hear you. You guys keep me going in the morning. So uh, I appreciate your hard work and Getting up early, like me, uh, I'm a night owl. So, thank you. Thanks, Chance. Uh, yeah. So my point is this: how, how did how did we miss out on Isaiah Hodgins? I mean, you know, I'm not saying he was going to replace Gabe Davis or or Diggs, right, on the outside. You don't replace those two. But how do we miss him at the very least over Kumaro? How do we miss him at the very least? Who McKenzie has had terrible games. I mean, he's had so. I mean, I'll take you back to the first game of the year whenever he just had the ball ripped out of his hands uh, in the Rams game. When I mean, just missed opportunity there. I mean, that's such a huge. I mean, and, and our old OC knew it. You know, he knew it and he brought him along. Now, I'm not saying he's going to be a superstar or anything. He may be actually. I mean, we don't know. Nobody knows. But can we all, at the very least, agree that he's better? than McKenzie. Can we all at the very least agree that he's better than Kumaro, who's just a special teams player? I mean, how, I mean, just, even if he was just a backup, I mean, right now, can, you know, what, two years, let me take you back to two years ago uh, uh, when we were running four wide nonstop. I would love to have that guy out there running four wide right now because he is balling out with the Giants. And I mean, it would be amazing to see him on the field right now. I just think, you put that on the you, you stretch the field so much. That's how Cincinnati's doing it right now with their three-headed monster. You know, with their three guys. I mean, it would just. You know, I may be wrong in the long run. You know, and I know you can't really trust stats because he's only played a few games. You know, you can't really go by what the stats say. But you know, when I watched him this weekend. I mean, that guy was dangerous. Yeah, on this is on Isaiah Hodgins. I I think it's probably for the Bills. Why that happened, that he got away. Less about what they thought of him and more about the numbers on their roster. And that doesn't make it right. You just ran down, you know, special teams. Mm-hmm. Could they have been a little thinner at running back and not carried as many running backs? Could they be th- Last year, they didn't carry as many tight ends as they do this year, right? Last year, they, they dressed one tight end every game. Yep. And this year, they've been dressing two. Quentin Morris gets, gets time in there, of course. It comes down to... Without saying it had to be about they didn't think he was this good, because they probably did. 
They probably saw a plenty of flashes of what he had done, and maybe in the in Joe in the regular. They, I'm sorry, they, in, in training camp of the preseason this year, I want to say he did more than he'd ever done for them, at least for us to see. He would have had to. He was going. This was year three, and the guy had never played a snap for them. Like sixth round guy that goes into a third season without playing. He had to have been flashing in practice. Like they had to have thought. He was something or else he wouldn't have been here because there was no other reason for him being on the roster at that point, right? Like, he was not thought of as this incredible, you know, prospect. It's not like a second-round guy where, you know, we're going to give him three years to get healthy and learn the offense and learn different positions because that's how Hodgins went. I, I think there's been a little bit of overreaction to Hodgins and how much he's played well with the Giants. I think there's a little bit of Robert Foster going on right there. In that he is, I think I, that's not for me to say he's not a good player because some of the catches he makes mm-hmm. are great. But I think he is the product of a large vacuum of opportunity with the Giants. Where, I mean, Richie James is, <laughs> look at his numbers in the last six games. He's had, he's had over 40 yards in six of his nine starts this year, and he's got four touchdowns. Guy was a seventh round special teamer for the 49ers the last four years. Am I to think he's a good slot receiver in the league now just because he's had a good six weeks? No, probably not. It's probably the Giants' offense is just going to put up some numbers, and somebody's got to be there to catch the football. Well, they've got you know Barkley and Bellinger and Slayton. They've got some pieces, so it's not. I don't think it's a complete vacuum, but it's, it's your point's fine. It's well made. The thing I would say would be maybe that the when you say overreaction, I, I tend to agree. I think it's an overreaction to the specific player, but I think more people are having a reaction about the position. They've seen the Bills mm-hmm. battle this all year, yeah. the receiver position. They brought in two guys from, you know, they got back together a couple of exes off the street sure. because they needed help with the position, and Cole Beasley caught a touchdown this week. Maybe if Crowder is, isn't hurt, then, you know, the caller had said about McKenzie. Maybe McKenzie finds his way off this roster if Crowder's not hurt, but Crowder has been hurt. Uh-huh. So there are options in the slot. Shakir doesn't play. It's, it is a bit puzzling what has happened at receiver. And for me, I want to say it comes down more to roster decisions than it does the actual receivers because they, they, they dressed four running backs in a game this year. Yeah. Which they, is something that is, I feel like that was very weird. Forgot there was a Duke Johnson game. There was. Yeah. So they've been looking for... It's almost like they've been looking for answers at every spot other than quarterback, and that goes to running back. Other than quarterback and tight end, when from a weapon standpoint, they're always looking for something. Although, in, let's go back to training camp. They flirted with 12 personnel and two tight ends, and O.J. Howard brought him in. It was going to be 12 personnel. never yep. happened. He got beat up by Quentin Morris, who, you know, Quentin Morris seems like a really nice player. I think he's pretty good. The thing, that's right. The, the, but to me, wouldn't Hodgins, I got, this is what you got to figure out. If Hodgins was here and dressing, how many targets would he be getting? Well, because if Hodgins was here in dressing, you might see him on the outside and Gabe Davis or Steph Diggs in the slot. Maybe. but like, Because that's something the Bills have done in the past. It would give them more flexibility because they'd have more options on the outside. That's right. And, and Shakir was talked about that way, and that has really not happened. His positional you know, versatility. He's just been in the, in the inside. But he's the guy I would think of for this. Shakir, I mean, he's played 28% of the snaps this year. Like, he's been out there more a quarter of the time. He's Sha- got, that's Shakir? Shakir. Wow, it feels like 5%. He's got 20 targets. Like, that's why, because he's out there, but he never gets the football. And to me, that's how I think it would probably be going with Hodgins. He'd be out there, like Shakir has to some extent, and Quentin Morris has been out there, but 
they're Allen's fourth or fifth look. So, yeah, would he be giving? Would Hodges be giving them more than Shakir would be right now? The answer to that probably is yes. But I do not think he would be taking the Bills by storm. No, I think unless that's there right. had been an injury to Gabe Davis and or Stephon Diggs. The, the other thing about this reaction, one last point on Hodgins is we're fresh off a very good Gabe Davis game. So the te- yeah. like the heat has been dialed down a bit. Right. Davis showed he made great catches. And Shakir and Beasley also made yeah. a couple plays. The receivers made plays. Yeah. I mean, Shakir let you down on a drop and Knox might have. But yeah. overall, the receivers showed out receivers other than Diggs, who was lighting it up early. So I think the whole conversation about the rest of the receiver group for this week, it's kind of quiet. Maybe by next yep. week it kicks back up. 803-0550. Chance, thank you for the phone call. You can join us. Give us a call. Vote in the Twitter poll. Do you think the Bills will beat the Bengals? I'll get to some of the results and some of the comments, which are funny, in terms of how you feel about it, because I have no earthly idea if they're going to do this or not. It's uh, it's going to be intense, though. Jeremy White, Jody Biasi here on WGR. Very quick tweet I got yesterday and something I thought was interesting. Morning, Jeremy and Joe. Sal on the other side. So... We're all familiar with scoregami, right? When an NFL score has never happened before. Yep. And sometimes it's kind of fun. Hey, 32-6, to six, has that ever happened? You go to NFLscoregami.com, find all the games that have ever happened and ended in that score. So Todd wrote in to me, In the spirit of scoregami, although the Cowboys game was 31-14, to 14, which is relatively... That's, com- that's probably com- super common. Right? Very common, yes. Has there ever been such a score with seven total touchdowns scored. The only successful field goal was a single extra point attempt. Right? Like, uh-huh. that's it. Yeah. And that's a good, I thought that was kind of cool. It's a good way to point that out. Sure, we've arrived at 31-14 before, but it had to be the first game in NFL history that got there with the team get, that got 31 going 6-6-6-6-7. Six, 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 yeah. Because that's how the Cowboys got there, five touchdowns. With only one extra point going through. Well, wasn't did we did, did someone have this? Was that the first game ever? Someone's missed four extra points. Mm-hmm. Then I think it would have to. Be. So it's not quite. It's like order of score agami. Yeah, there the were, game's never been scored like that before. Well, unless no, never mind. Like two point conversions could could factor into that, right? Couldn't it? If someone no, no, they couldn't either. It would be all field goals or one missed extra point. Right? Two field goals, touchdown, miss extra point. Two field goals, now I'm at 18. Yeah, there have been 91 instances of 31-14. Yeah. Very, very common score. But again, like... A, a so good you're guessing that none of those 91... Featured four missed extra points where the, where the team... Was, even if it's combined between the two none teams. None of those 91 featured a team that scored 31 points on five touchdowns. Yes, none of them did. That's okay. That's right. Right? Yeah, that's, that's, that's got to be, be right. That's got to be right. So I thought that was a cool point made by Todd is, you know, we, we look at the nuances of scoring and scoregami. I thought it was interesting. Sales on the other side. We'll get the latest on Dane Jackson on preparation for uh, the Bills and Bengals. Sean McDermott to speak today. I believe it's at 11 o'clock this morning, so stay tuned. All the details from Sal coming up as we get ready for Bills-Bengals here on WGR. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.